Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Beef State. I am Joe Wheel. He is Scott Wyman. Thank you for joining us once again for another beautiful week of college football. We're going to talk about Nebraska's disappointing loss to Minnesota. Uh, I think we ha- both have some positives that we think we could take away from that. Obviously, it is Colorado Hate Week. Uh, I think a lot of people on social media are forgetting that. Uh, kind of giving Colorado the uh, the win, the national champion Colorado Buffaloes, the Pac-12 champion Colorado Buffaloes, crowning them already. Uh, I don't know if we're so sure. We think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that later for sure. Uh, it was a Labor Day weekend. Hope everyone had a good and safe holiday, obviously. Um, Scott, before I get into some news here, uh, how are you doing? How's your just quick hit vibe on the uh, Nebraska football team just a game in? I thought I, I it's not too far from where we thought they were but would be. I I think I was pretty confident in the defense and not very confident in the offense. Sure. Um I wasn't super confident in the defense against Minnesota, but it turns out two games in a row Minnesota's played against the exact same scheme um against two Tony White defenses and they've stopped them both times. So Tony White owns PJ Fleck. Tony White's a dog. Keep I don't that. think there's any doubt in that. No um doubt. So quickly, we'll go through some news, uh, some certainly some bad news coming out of uh, North Stadium. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda tore his ACL, will be out for the season. Uh, obviously heartbreaking for him. You know, you never want things like that to happen to anyone, uh, let alone your own team. Uh, and then just football wise, you know, at a position that we weren't, you know, crazy deep in. But, you know, obviously heart goes out to the guy. That's never easy. Uh, it's always a tough situation. Uh, Colorado has some injury news that I thought I'd touch on considering we're playing them this week. Uh, Miles Slusher will be uh, not playing this week. Uh, Colorado head coach Deion Sanders said safety Miles Slusher, who made the final tackle to seal Saturday's win at TCU, is spanged up and won't play this week against Nebraska. Uh, for Brian Howell and then Evan Bland added in. Uh, notable loss for the Buffs secondary. Slusher played 77 of CU's 80 defensive snaps last week. Um, mm. So that's obviously... Uh, you know, a depth piece for them for sure. And a defense that, you know, certainly did not play very well at all. A lot of over 500 yards. Uh, and then just last bit real quick, Colorado has moved to the number 22 spot in the national rankings uh, in the AP poll very quickly going from one and 11 going one and zero. their first game already getting ranked. Uh, obviously there's no shortage of hype around Colorado. There's no shortage of national attention. There's no shortage of uh, people that thinking that they can do anything, you know, walk on water, that kind of thing. Um, but we haven't heard from uh, you, Scott, since the Minnesota game. You know, I've had some thoughts that have ruminated in my brain for a little bit. Um, what kind of stuck out to you that to that game? Because my thought uh, coming away from that was I thought mostly positives, except for, you know, the horrible errors we committed. Uh, There's a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Did you come away thinking something similar? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of the self-inflicted wounds were philosophical, if that makes sense. I think that you brought Matt Rule in to be the guy to make tough decisions, to have sort of a code that he coaches by um, and a formula and be the guy to make tough decisions and not, you know, sacrifice the big picture for single game things. And I think he kind of went back on that in game, right? He's a guy that emphasizes the turnover battle. We know that Anthony Grant was down on the depth chart because of turnovers, because of fumbles. And yet, you know, in the fourth quarter, when all you need is a first down, who's the running back that you have out there? 
And then on top of that, you're setting up, you know, your quarterback who has, you know, through three, two, well, one inexcusable at that point interception to then have to throw downfield. You, you know, you lost the, turn, the turnover battle because you went back on your principles. How's that? Of not playing the guys that commit turnovers in practice. Oh, right. Well, your third yeah. string guy in your depth chart shouldn't be the guy you're giving the ball to. If, if that is true and he's the third string guy in the depth chart, then why are you giving him the ball in the fourth quarter? If you want to win the fourth quarter, you can't be committing turnovers in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's uh, that's hard to argue with that. I mean, clearly they see something in him where they thought it would be worth it. Uh, hindsight on that one yeah. is definitely 2020. That one. Uh, Everyone does. I mean, that was a shot. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Because he, he's clearly the most talented back. Ever, nobody would. It, we all knew this. We all knew this going into the fall. The reason he was third is because he was fumbling. And yet in the fourth quarter, when you just needed to get a first down and not fumble the football, you put in the, the, the most talented running back, but he fumbled. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, it, does, it definitely doesn't bode well for his, uh, his play time down the road. That's going to be a uh, you tough want to hear to another from. Matt Rule quote? No, I don't, you know, this ended up helping us out, but I don't believe in gimmick plays. Gimmick plays are for teams who can't make plays otherwise. When did he say that? He said that this summer. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, that. We couldn't, we couldn't make plays. We couldn't move the ball. We couldn't move the football. Yeah, I didn't think we struggled. You know, we definitely struggled on offense. I didn't think the actual moving the football was the giant issue. I think it was the, you know, finishing drives, getting inside the five-yard line, turning the ball over, you know, the penalties. It was just crucial errors at crucial times. You know, I mean, anytime you turn the ball over four times, you don't expect to win that football game. No matter how many, no matter how many times you get, you know, turnovers on the other side of the ball. I mean, but Mm -hmm. as you said earlier, only allowing 13 points when you turn the ball over four times. And you have some of those penalties that you have. You got to give a you know a special shout out to Tony White and that defense being able to. Um, they carried. Yeah, they carried a significant amount of that game. We're able to. Uh, and I I think people kind of. I think if you tell people, hey, we're going to go up to Minnesota, we're going to play a Big Ten West rival that's beat us, you know, four of the last five or five of the last six years, whatever it is, and we're going to lose by three on the road first game of the season, I think everyone's feeling pretty good about that, but the way that we lost right. is what sticks out yeah. in people's brains. They remember the turnovers. Oh, this is Nebraska of old, but I mean, this is Matt Rule's first game. You know, we've got mm-hmm. God, I can't remember the exact number of new players. I heard it uh, just a little bit ago, and I didn't even believe it. It sounded so high. It was like 60-something. Uh, you know, it's a lot of new players. You know, they're not 5-23 and 23 in one-score games. They're 0-1. You know, yeah. and you've got... A lot of you have a ton of season left. Certainly, some issues that need to be addressed. Um, but I came away with mostly positives. But man, this Nebraska fans are uh, at least on social media, which is never a good measure of anyone's minds of any group's mindset. I don't think ever. But man, that's that was a tough night. That was a tough Thursday night on Twitter. Actually, I would like to say the biggest takeaway from that game is college football should not be played on a Thursday night especially a season opener. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't get to sleep. Win or lose, I'm not going to be able to get to sleep when there's a Thursday night That's game. That's a good point. I think I was, uh, my wife went to bed, and I think I was out on the deck smoking a cigarette until about midnight. <laughs> I needed to collect my thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, at, at one point, you know, okay, if there was another drive, say we had five quarters in that game, does Jeff Smith, Sims play the fifth quarter? 
Yeah. Or do they bench him at that point? You think so? Yeah, I don't think this early in the season, I don't think but, that they're ready to go to another guy no matter what. I think, especially yeah, when... Just take the lumps now. When the alleged, you know, second or third string is in at, you know, lined up at tight end, getting receptions, I don't think you're ready to put him in uh, to play meaningful snaps at quarterback. That's He's a good point. athlete. They're all good athletes. Yeah, no doubt. It was... Um, and now I'm no quarterbacks coach, but the delivery looked a little rushed and probably had to be because he was under pressure quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to every... go ahead. Go ahead. I want to touch on that a little bit because yeah, no, you, it you seemed like parts, I, I was... it seemed like parts of that line, parts of the offensive line played really well and parts did not play well at all. Did you have any specific sense on kind of what went wrong in that game? I know I have. You know, people online have their have their ideas, but is there something that sticks out to you? Um, so I'm a PFF guy. Are you, are you familiar? Yeah, I'm pro sure. football focus, of course, Raiders. Um, usually, like between anything below a 30 grade is pretty bad for an offensive lineman. They grade grade alignment um, off, you know, run game, pass game, total grade. Um, Turner Corcoran, pretty good run blocking grade. Somehow PFF gave him a zero in pass pro. <laughs> oh, jeez. I've never seen that before. Um, and, you know, I, it wasn't a great game from pass pro. From either of our tackles, I think Teddy Prohoshka coming back, and it's the same thing we've seen the last two seasons, mm-hmm. will fix that offensive line as long as he's healthy. Because I don't think the best spot to have Turner Corcoran is at left tackle. It felt and, like night and day with Teddy P in last season. Like when, he, when he's able to play, it feels like... Yeah, I think you played I mean, more in twenty one. It completely changes the offense. It completely changes the offense. Uh, ben Scott had a good game. Our interior line played pretty well. Guys were mostly in the fifties and sixties in those PFF grades, which is like good to a little bit above average. But uh, our both to our two tackles passing grades were both below average, and then one was pretty low, so zero. I mean, I I don't know if it was a zero. That seems pretty outlandish to say. Like you lost every single rep as a pass pro, but um. It's BFF yeah, it for great. you. It wasn't great. The uh, the word, I mean, you didn't bring Jeff Sims in to manage football games. You brought him in to make plays. Uh, so, but the word is on him. If you can get pressure, then he's gonna he's gonna you know make rush throws over the middle. Right. It's gonna get picked off. So we've yeah. got to keep him clean somehow. Yeah, we'll talk about this when we talk about the upcoming game. But the. The concern for me was, and I, I'm definitely not a quarterbacks coach. I'm not any sort of coach, but the the vision, the staring guys down at certain points, receivers, that yeah. was very, very concerning. The second pick in the red zone was um, that it was, was tough. pretty bad. That was tough. There's no, uh, there's no doubt about that. Okay, uh, so it is Colorado versus Nebraska this weekend. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, it's pretty easy to talk about the season so far because they've had one game and boy, there's been a lot of talk about Colorado and TCU pretty much nonstop. Uh, Colorado, you know, head coach Deion Sanders going on a victory lap. Uh, players going on a victory lap. Media going on a victory lap. Everyone kind of going on a victory lap about uh, Colorado beating TCU uh, in a barn burner, 45 to 42. Game they came down to the wire. Uh, you, you do have to give your props to Colorado. Uh, we definitely did not think that they were going to win that game. A lot of people didn't. Nope. Um, going against the formal, former title uh, challenger coming off of last season. Uh, 
you know, it probably says quite a bit about the expectations for TCU that they were playing for national championship just a few months ago, came into the season ranked 17th. Uh, that is a very strong fall off. Uh, obviously, there's some really impressive things from Colorado in that game. Uh, there's definitely some concerns that are probably going under most people's radars uh, because it's not as flashy as what Travis Hunter did, what Shador Sanders did, which was very impressive by both of them. Uh, but TCU hanging 42 after losing their you know Heisman finalist quarterback after losing their first round draft pick wide receiver, uh, hanging 42 on you, running the football all over the place. Uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, there, there's definitely some things that, uh, I think Matt rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers are looking at that. They, uh, definitely are excited to, uh, attack Scott. Yeah. I thought that hand up. I didn't think Trudeau Sanders was going to be as good as he was. Um, he definitely is a power five court. He, he, you know, he will be drafted. He may even be a first round pick. Yeah, I knew Travis Hunter was going to be good. I did not think they would play him that much on offense. I thought it might be like a third down thing or, um, you know, once every other series for him to play 120 snaps. I mean, how could you how could you expect that? How could you expect at altitude, which I get that he's acclimated, but still, oh, my goodness. And now we haven't seen a performance like that. That might be the best college football performance we've seen in the last five years. It was nuts. It was really I mean, there's. I mean, they, I just, they couldn't, you couldn't throw the ball to his side. He was totally shutting him down on defense. Which, and then on offense, what did he have? 187 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, no touchdowns. Unreal athlete. No touchdowns, 120 yards, 10, 11 catches. Oh, I'm thinking of their other receiver. He did, yeah. he did drop that like 70 yard touchdown. Though. Or I don't know if it was 70, but it was like a 60 yard bomb to him. A little bit of a tough mm-hmm. catch, but he almost hauled that in. And then he'd be looking at, you know, near 200 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, just really That's ridiculous stuff. Crazy. He is, yeah, he's insane. He might be the highest in this year. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, even if Colorado goes six and six, he might be the highest. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Just, that is crazy. I've never, I, a guy playing two ways like that in modern college football, that is unreal. And Deion I guess Sanders Tommy Hill is going to be doing it this week. But. Deion Sanders said that he could go first round as a corner and first round as a receiver, which is nuts. I mean, man, Dion, Dion, obviously we knew no matter what happened, he was going to say some interesting things after the game. Uh, I don't know how much you heard. He did kind of uh, make a plea on uh, Skip Bayless's revamped undisputed uh, with our boy Keyshawn Johnson, uh, kind of begging the nation. uh, Hey, if any big boys out there want to come play here, let us know. That's what I need. You know, I don't think that was that's kind of been the perspective on Colorado from a lot of people coming into the season was up front, not quite as talented as they are at the skill positions uh, against TCU. They had no tackles for loss and no sacks uh, on a team that was at least for a while wanting to run the football on them. Uh, certainly have some questions when it comes to running the football ESPN matchup predictor is giving Nebraska the edge. Uh, Colorado is a two and a half point dog. It's funny. I don't know that because I have it running on the bottom. Um, but yeah, so this is the most bet game, I think, in all of football this week, including the NFL. It, was, it would be. Yeah, right. It's the second most bet if it were an NFL game. too. I think it I think it passed Lions Chiefs today. Holy so um, 
Yeah, I mean, Vegas, when it, when the line started, Nebraska was a one-point favorite on the road, which means they're probably a four-point favorite on neutral site. Um, the line has been all I, over the place. Two or three weeks ago, I mean, you've been able, you can bet on games way, way out, but it doesn't, you know, really hold much value until the game gets close. Nebraska was, as of like a week or two ago, like a seven-point favorite, and now they're sitting yeah. at a two-and-a-half point dollar. And that two-and-a-half could... And that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. I don't think that's because Nebraska dropped in terms of how good we thought they were. It's just Colorado just got a little bit better than what everyone thought. Yeah. Uh, and um, so TCU, one thing I want to touch on, three returning starters on offense and defense from that team. Jeez. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of production to make up. Uh, you also did get to see, so TCU runs uh, a little more of a conservative version of what Nebraska is going to run. Uh, but uh, they run – with a little bit more stack than Nebraska does. Nebraska is going to be more uneven, but you're going to get, you've got to see how they plan on attacking your defense. So you get an extra, not only do you get an extra three days to scheme, but you also got a preview of how they want to attack your defense. So they're going to take 10 shots downfield. So you're going to have to get home. That's the key. We got to be able to scheme up some pass rush, especially in the first half without Ty Robinson. They were go back and get, they wanted Shador getting that ball out of his hand early and often. And he did. He was, I mean, especially early, there was some just a lot of quick passes. It, it didn't seem yeah. like, you know, I'm not a scheme knower. I am not, you know, a certified ball knower, as you might say. Mm-hmm. But it seemed pretty obvious to me what Colorado wants to do. They want to get a ball quickly out to their guy, their athlete, and let him just do athlete things, be very fast. Uh, those guys are able to make insane plays out in the open, break tackles, use their speed. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, it worked well, scoring 45 points. Uh, I mean, that's going to be a tough We've offense to stop. We've got a game on film now, though. We've yeah. got a game on film now. And um, part of that, part of the reason they're able to get re, uh, the ball to the outside is because you have to take a defender out of the flats or you have to, you know, you're diverting help over to their two really good receivers. And their running back was able to feast on on quick passes on the edge uh, and out in the flats. They, I don't know. I mean, they were still one-dimensional, even when it came down to it. You know what I mean? If they had to sustain a drive on the ground, they couldn't do it. They couldn't grind out first downs when they had to. So you've seen what they want to do. You probably, your your defensive front should dominate their offensive line. So do you want to get into X factors? It's probably a good segue. Well, we can, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get into transition more from Colorado TCU to Nebraska Colorado because, you know, as you know, obviously we're homers for Nebraska. Uh, mm-hmm. This is an insane opportunity for Nebraska because, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think thing. even a lot of people who are very high on Colorado touting how great they've been and how impressed they are. I don't know if those people are, you know, seriously considering Colorado to win, you know, 10, 11 games. Uh, I think people still kind of know that there's another f- shoe that's going to drop. Whether or not that's going to be against Nebraska, I don't know. Um, but, you know, the opportunity, especially, I mean, Nebraska hasn't beaten a ranked team in forever. And now Colorado's ranked. Um, you know, the was opportunity. Was it Mike Riley, Minnesota, 2016? Yeah, I think so. Dude, you fucking nailed it. Good job. I was at that game. That's how I know. Yeah. It was so cold I went home at halftime and then came back. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Nebraska's going to want to run the football. I think I don't think there's any question right. about that. Um, I think that's, 
you know, anyone who watched that TCU Colorado game knows, hey, just run the football. Uh, there were some questions on Colorado's special teams. Uh, some plays were made that were very interesting. Uh, X factors. I mean, Colorado can't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run versus TCU. They couldn't stop the quarterback run. Anytime TCU's quarterback, they did a lot of like counter RPO, stuff like that. It looked like their game plan in the second half was just like, see if this dude can tucker himself out by running up and down the field. <laughs> you basically just had their quarterback running wind sprints. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get into uh, kind of my, my, I have one X factor that I want to list off. And then other than that, let okay. me just go into some points. Let me see where you're at. Uh, the biggest thing for me is where this Nebraska team is at mentally. I want to know mm. how they recover, uh, how Matt Rule gets his team after a tough loss like that. Because that's, that's, I mean, this is quickly, you know, the biggest test of Matt Rule's, you know, very short time here is, you know, we've lost a lot of games like that. You know, it's new players, a lot of new players, new head coach. How does he handle this? How do his assistant coaches handle this? How does he get Jeff Sims to respond and take care of that football? How does he get, does his team come out with energy uh, up at elevation? Does this team come out ready to go? I mean, if, you know, if Colorado gets the ball first, I want to see, you know, a hit made and I want to see the guys slap, you know, pounding the guy on the head. I want to see, you know, some energy. I want to see these guys hyped up, ready to play. Um, and I think that's, that'll be a very big deal if they can come out and start yep. strong. Cause I think, I think they're going to need to start strong to win this game. They're going to want, they're going to need to pound the rock. They're going to want to beat Colorado physically. You know, they're going to want to beat the hell out of them. Uh, and I think that's the way they win this football game, you know, and then most importantly, they got to take care of that football. You know, it's basic stuff. Everybody knows uh, it's going to be very scary every, at least early on when Jeff Sims drops back to pass, especially if we know he's throwing to the side of the field that uh, Hunter's on, it's going to be a stressful morning for us, Scott. I think uh, now I had some players listed as my X factors. Is that all right? Yeah, I got one too. I haven't even done my X factor. Oh, I thought you. I thought that was your X factor. My mm-hmm. bad. My bad. All right. I'll start. I'm going to start on the defensive side. I'm going to go with Kai Wallen slash Cam Leonard. Yep. That art to see. You know, one of those guys, probably both, are going to be taking reps in place of Ty Robinson, who's suspended for the first half of this game. Bullshit. Now, when Ty Robinson does come back in the second half, that's a nightmare to get a <laughs> you're an O-lineman coming back, and then you've got Ty Robinson that you have to block now, and he's completely fresh. He hasn't played a snap. Four quarters. That is a nightmare. Um, but I think in that first half, the, the, the pass rush is going to be really, really important. You need to make Colorado afraid to be taking those deep shots because you got to think your quarterback is going to get hit. Mm-hmm. So I think Cam's probably maybe the best pass rusher on the team. He showed that last week. He was dominating um, when they were passing the football, even forced a false start that didn't get called on the play that Minnesota, Minnesota scored the touchdown on. Um, so I think Cam is going to be – Cam slash Kai is going to be the X Factor, especially in that first half. Okay. What do you got else? How many, how many more do you have? I have one more. Okay. Uh, let me do one. Okay. I'm going to go with – I'm going to see if you have the same one. Marcus Washington. Marcus Ooh. Washington was out. He was just – he was, you know, it was an academic suspension the first half right. of the game against Minnesota. He came back in, you know, didn't have an insane amount of yards. We were obviously struggling to throw the football. But – I mean, that guy plays with intensity. He goes and he gets that football. Uh, we are going, obviously, we want to run the football. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Uh, but 
we are going to, you have to make throws to win games and you're going to have to make throws in big moments. And I think, especially with IGC now out for the season, you know, obviously you think you're a tight end, throw it to the big guy. Um, I think you're going to need Marcus Washington to make a big play or two to win this football game. I really do. I think he is like, you know, one of Nebraska's potential best X factors, the way he can attack that football. Uh, I think he does have that big playability. He can get loose. Uh, I'll be interested to see who uh, Travis Hunter is on. I think they Nebraska may just opt to not throw the football that direction uh, with whoever he's guarding. Um, but yeah, Marcus Washington, write it down. Kid's gonna he's gonna be very important to winning this football game. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, give me. Nebraska's receivers really, really struggled with separation this past week. Um, I think it's really no secret that the two guys who might be the best at getting separation on the team didn't play wide receiver last week. Uh, And so I'm going to go with the X factor for this week because I do think he's going to get time. The guy who visited Colorado and Matt Rule won from the jaws of Deion Sanders is going to be Lincoln's own Malachi Coleman. Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't know if you heard this. I did hear uh, when Coach Rule broke this information about IGC being out. He did mention Malachi Coleman. He did mention getting him the football. I think, especially in a game like this, I think that's going to be key. Where do you Kemp, see- obviously, you got to feed him. Fedoni, obviously, you got to feed him. But um, I think Malachi Coleman is going to be that X factor because I think he has to change the way you cover our wide receivers. Fedoni, Fedoni played a lot of snaps in Minnesota. What did, what did you think did. of uh, his performance? I think he was fine. I think they just didn't get the ball to him. Okay. Okay. It's not his fault. You know, it's a lot easier to cover tight ends when you're not scared about the wide receivers. Right. Right. You need... So, you need speed. You need separation. You need someone that forces the safety to have to help and shade in another direction mm-hmm. rather than you know, being able to just sit in the middle where the tight ends running routes. Right. Um, I think that, you know, even if Fedoni is used more this game, it's going to be because the wide receivers have gotten more separation on the outside. So I think Coleman being in the game just because of his athleticism and his size, what he will command uh, will get other guys a lot more touches. So Kemp and Fedoni, who are going to play more of an underneath game, more over the middle, are going to be the benefactors of, the X factor, which is Malachi Coleman. That was awesome. That was an excellent X factor. Okay. My X factor was on offense. Now we're going defense. I'm going to go with Malcolm Hartzog. We've seen it many mm. times. People love to go after the smaller guy. Uh, we have seen him be able to make big plays. I want to see what he can do because they're going to want to toss that football all around. I don't think there's any way they're not going to try him at least a couple times early, maybe on big plays. So if he can make a big play, not necessarily an interception, but just a PBU. If he can, you know, help on the perimeter, uh, I think that will be a uh, a game changer on defense for the Black Shirts. Colorado, I I was thinking the same thing. They're definitely going to test him at least like three, four times in the first half because he struggled last year. When he started uh, started starting games last year, teams were taking shots at him. We saw it all the uh, time. Take a deep shot yeah. over the over the short, and he, he got better. He yeah. got better. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, now that was more of a zone coverage thing that the touchdown he allowed versus Minnesota. But um, 
you're going to have to be, even if you are playing zone, when guys are running go routes, obviously that turns into man coverage. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be I think he'll he'll have to win some 50-50 balls. Yeah. We're going to win this game. Yeah, there's going to be some they're gonna, they're go gonna routes. Right at him. There's going to be some go routes. Yeah, and if I mean if that pass rush, I, I I'll just throw in one quick glass X factor. I mean, you kind of already touched on it, but it's really going to be that pass rush. If that pass rush yep. can get home and they can yep. get home all day long and we're able to run that football, it's going to be a long day for Colorado. I do think so. I mean, I don't think that this is going to be an easy game for Nebraska by any means. Um, which credit to credit to Colorado. I don't I I wasn't planning on sitting here saying this, you know, 5 6 days ago. Um, but I definitely <laughs> feel good about you know, Nebraska's chances to win. I'm not necessarily guaranteeing it or anything like that. Um, but again, you know, fuck Colorado. This is Colorado hate week. We got to remember that. Uh, Scott, would you like to make a final prediction for this game? I'm going to say Jeff Sims, four total touchdowns, two on the ground, two through the air. Fuck yeah. Uh, I'm going to say we see the first few snaps of Teddy Prohoshka playing. I don't think he starts, but okay. I think we might need him and they throw him in because they did say he was full participant in practice now, even though he was third on the depth chart. Hell yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts, and I would love it if he starts. I think if Teddy starts, we win the game. Turn off the TV. I like that. Need to see it. But yeah. Start I'm the gonna buses. Say, I'm going to say the defense holds and well, holds, you know, in quotation. Sure. This is a really good offense, so we're going to be facing. So I'm going to say Nebraska 28, Colorado 24. Nebraska 30, Colorado 10. No, 20, 20, 20, 20. Sorry, 20, which is still, which is still uh, a lot. 30-20. Uh, Nebraska wins by 10. They pound the rock all day. They're able to get home rushing the passer. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate the hell out of it. Hit that like button. Uh, give us a follow up here on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye-bye.